the Bible says in verse number 15, and at the end of 10 days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus males are and took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. Now, Father, we do thank you that there's power in the blood, that that blood will never lose its power. We thank you, Father, for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our hearts have felt already. I do pray, God, that you will bless your word tonight. You say you lift up your word above your very name. And I pray that you'll take your word tonight, that it be you, that you use it to pierce and to divide and to discern. And that we might leave here not just stirred, but changed for all of eternity. I pray that you'll take me as your vessel, that you'd cleanse me of sin, that you'd empty me of self, that you would fill me with your spirit, that I might speak with us, save the Lord. When all is said and done, we'll give you the praise and honor and glory, that's do your holy name. For it's in Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The Bible tells us that in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Bible says the Lord gave Jehoiakim of Judah into his hand. The Bible tells us that he carried some vessels from the house of God and he carried vessels into the treasure of the house of his God. But the Bible continues to tell us that from Judah, from Jerusalem, Nebuchadnezzar took children. Sources say some 10,000 or so children from their homeland, from their families, from everything with which they were familiar. He took these children to the land of Babylon, his land, a pagan land, an idolatrous land. Hear these, these Jews, hear these children who were accustomed to serving the Most High God found themselves in a foreign, wicked land. We find that in this land they would be tempted and tried. They would be tested. They would endure criticism and ridicule. They would go through the fire. Their faith would be challenged. Among these children were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These were four boys. These were four boys that knew God. These
boys that worship God. These were four boys that served God. These were four boys that were from Judah, from Jerusalem, where God was worshipped, where God was lifted up, but they found themselves in the land of Babylon. The Bible says they were tested. They were tempted to go the Babylonian way. They were tempted to do what the rest of the kids were doing. They were tempted to go with the flow. They were tempted to fit in the crowd. They were tested to lower their standards. They were tested to, to, to compromise their convictions. They were, they were tried to throw away everything they've been taught to do. The Bible says something interesting about them. The Bible says they took a stand. Did you hear me, young people? The Bible says they took a stand. And the Bible says that when the time came when they'd be evaluated three years later, after all the other children had gone the Babylonian way, after all the other children had gone the worldly way, after all the other children had given in to the pressure, the Bible says that these four boys, they stood out because they stood up for something. I want you to notice the end of this chapter. The Bible says in all manners of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them. Notice these next words. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all this realm. When it came time to check these boys out, when it came time to look at how well they were developing, when it came time to examine just how well they turned out, I want you to know something. Uh, they weren't just the average run of the meal. Uh, they just weren't statistics in Babylon. Uh, they didn't just go along with everybody else. My Bible says in all matters of wisdom and understanding, guess what? The king found these boys to be ten times better than all the rest. I want to make a statement of fact to you tonight. Hey. The king's kids always come out ten times better. Some of you didn't catch that. I said, the king's kids always come out ten times better. You see, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that Nebuchadnezzar sat on the throne in Babylon. He was the king of Babylon. But they knew that there was a greater king than Nebuchadnezzar. There was a king that sat on the throne in heaven. And he's always sat on the throne. And these boys were the king's kids. And when they came to be tested, and when they came to be analyzed, and when they came to be evaluated, they stood out because they stood up. And they stood ten times better than all the rest. I'm going to tell you what we need out of this crowd. We need some kids that will be ten times better. I said we need some kids that will be ten times better. Hey, God's not just looking for average run of the meal. God's looking for some kids that'll stand out because they'll stand up. By the grace of God, they'll determine. So what what Babylon says? There's a law that's greater than the law of the land. There's God's law, and we ought to obey God rather than man. Would to God there be some boys and girls that would gather in this room tonight and they'll determine in their homes, in their schools, in their neighborhoods, in their churches, we're going to be ten times better. Ten times. And let me tell you something. God's kids ought to come out better than the world's kids. I believe that with all of my heart. God's kids ought to come out better than the world's kids. You know why? 
We're connected to somebody that's got it going on. Amen. We're connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the last time I checked, he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And all the gold and silver belong to God. I'm here to tell you, I'm a king's kid. And I ought to come out ten times better. God's my father. Jesus is my savior. The Holy Ghost is my comforter. And the word of God is my guide. What made these boys special was they were king's kids. And they always come out. Ten times better. Well, ask your question tonight. Gonna be ten times better? Gonna be ten times better? Just to be like the rest of the crowd. Be like the rest of the world. Just fit in with what's on the television. Fit in with what's on the news. Fit in with what's in the magazine. Let me tell you something. God didn't leave us here to fit in. He left us here to stand. He left us here to be different. He left us here to be salt. He left us here to be light. He left us here to make a difference. Hey, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Somebody ought to know. I didn't meet the president. I didn't meet some athlete. I didn't meet some movie star. I met the king of kings and the lord of lords. And I ought to come out ten times better. Ten times better. I want you to notice some things about this story tonight. Notice, if you would, first of all, the place of challenge. The place of challenge. This place is Babylon. Babylon, notice, was a wicked place. Babylon was a worldly place. Babylon was a wayward place. Babylon was a wanton place. What was God thinking when God allowed these boys out of all places to be carried away to Babylon? Was God asleep? Did God not sign off on the orders? Was his secretary in the bathroom when the orders came in? Some might think, why would God send them to Babylon? Why would God put these boys under all that pressure in Babylon? I will submit to you, God knew Babylon needed some light. I suggest to you, God knew Babylon needed some of him. I would suggest to you, Babylon needed to know that God was still on the throne. I would suggest to you, God wanted some boys that would go in Babylon and they'd stand up and they'd dare to be different and they'd dare to take a stand and they wouldn't compromise, they wouldn't give in, they wouldn't give up, they wouldn't back down, they wouldn't back up, they wouldn't put up, they wouldn't shut up. By the grace of God, they'd realize God's providence allowed them to be in Babylon to shine the light. And I can't help but think about today. We think about our society today, and I think about you young people. No doubt in my mind, you're growing up in a place of challenge. Statistics say three out of four seniors will graduate without their virginity. 75% of seniors, by the time they graduate, have lost their virginity. The USA Today says 20% of all 15-year-olds, by the time they turn 15, have already had sex. That's a place of challenge. More seventh and eighth graders smoking marijuana today than ever before. Almost half of the adolescent girls that get pregnant have abortions. It's amazing in America 
In America, you have to ask your parent for permission to get an aspirin. But in our public schools, you can get a condom without permission. It's a place of challenge. I can think about boys in our church that grew up in homes where parents weren't saved. And I know moms that set a box of condoms on their television and said, you're going to do it anyway. You might as well protect yourself. What does a young lady do when she grows up in a society where everybody on the television that's popular wears hardly any clothes and sells her body and, and puts morality down the drain and makes a mockery of what a moral, virtuous woman ought to look like. What does she do? And God allows you to be alive today. I'm telling you, this world needs some light. It needs a difference. It needs some salt. We need some young ladies to say, I'm not trying to sell something. I've already been bought with a price. I'm going to glorify God. place of challenge. It's a place of challenge. You can look like Britney Spears or you can try to look how the Bible tells you to look. I'm one of them. I don't care, preachers. I call names. Oh, you can try to fit in? Yeah, it's a place of challenge. We're lying to you if we tell you serving God today is easy. It's a challenge. We bring these kids under meetings like this and, and, and they showcase their talents and we see how God has blessed them but let us not forget when they leave this building and the hoorahs and the hallelujahs and the amens and the ISC is all over they have to go back to a wicked sin sick world where they're bombarded with trials and temptations and immorality why would God let these kids be alive today I'll tell you America needs light Brazil needs light Mexico needs light Fiji needs light Haiti needs light China needs light Zimbabwe needs light the world needs light and the light. God wasn't asleep and his secretary wasn't in the bathroom when he allowed you to be born here. Or born wherever you're born. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. You are who you are. You're where you are. I'm here to tell you. God knows where you are. They need some light. They're not going to get light from CNN. They're not going to get light from the magazines. They're not going to get light from Hollywood. They're not going to get light from, from NSYNC or, or Tupac or whoever else. They're not going to get light from Oprah and they're not going to get it from Dr. Phil. But give me a boy or girl that's on fire for God with his Bible in his hand, Holy Spirit in his heart, and you walk down that hall every day. You may not make millions. You may not dunk a basketball. You may not troubleshoot a computer. You may not have all the curves on your body. But if you're right with God, God will use you to shine some light. We're living in a place of challenge. These... These boys weren't standing for God at Awanas. They were in Babylon. Well, I, 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 I serve God, but you know, just stuff is just so hard out there. Bless God. 
suck it up and shake it off. God didn't save us to be a bunch of sissies. We're more than conquerors through him that loves us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And if it's too hot, get out the kitchen, amen. We're not in the Christian life playing patty cake. We're not flicking marbles, playing chess, or playing bingo. This is a battle. This is a war. But we've got the captain that knows how to win the battles. He's given us the victory. Don't fight for it. Fight from it. Victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's a place of challenge. That's just point number one. I'm, I'm just getting warmed up. I got these glasses getting in my way. Secondly, notice this. I want you to notice the preparation of these children. This is interesting. <laughs> Verse number four. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, what kind of kids you want us to get? Well, children in whom was no blemish for well favor. Nebuchadnezzar, don't bring back no ugly kids. That's it. I got new good news for some of you. You would have got to stay right home in Judah. <laughs> this is one time it paid to be ugly. Well favored. <laughs> skillful in all wisdom cunning in knowledge understanding science wait, 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 wait bring the good looking kids and bring the smart kids that's what he said and such as had ability to stand in the palace when they get in the palace you know it's, it's kind of highfalutin in the palace You know what Nebuchadnezzar said? Bring me some kids that know how to act in the palace. I don't want anybody to come in the palace, put their feet up on the table. I don't want anybody to come in the palace throwing trash all over the floor. I don't want a kid who knows how to sit at the table. I, I, I want to, they know how to stand in the palace. When I ask them a question, they say, yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, and please and thank you. Don't bring some impolite, disrespectful kids in the college. Leave them home. You say, Brother Kenny, what are you, what are you saying? I'm saying, wait a minute. I'm saying they were the best of the best in Jerusalem before they ever got to Babylon. Hey, what are you saying? I'm saying if you can't cut it in Jerusalem, you don't have a chance when you get to Babylon. There are some of you kids sitting in this room tonight, by the grace of God, I love you. And if I didn't love you, I'd tell you everything you wanted to hear. But I love you. I'm going to tell you what you need. I tell our kids all the time, it's not that we don't trust you, it's just we don't trust you. Amen. <laughs> Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. You know why I don't trust you? Because I don't trust Kenny. 
All the ways a man will clean his own house. Yeah. Amen. But the Lord tried the hearts. I'll tell you something. There's some of you kids, you're fighting God in Jerusalem. You got a mom and dad that loves the Lord. They spend money sending you to Christian school. You got a preacher that puts his pointed finger. Some of your preachers holding up his finger, not only pointed, it's got three different directions to it. And he points it down your throat every week. And he tells you, thus saith the Lord. Oh, some of you girls, you want to date old Joe that says he loves you down the road. But your daddy knows Joe doesn't love you. He doesn't have a job. His car's still in the shop. And he dropped out of school. But he loves you. He can't even spell love with the dictionary in his hand. And you just a pouting. I can't date nobody. And I, I can't go nowhere. And mom won't let me wear nothing. And daddy won't let me hang out with my friends. And everybody else in the neighborhood does. And you're just pouting. And when I get 18 and I move out of this house, I'm going to do what I want. Let me tell you something, dud. If you can't cut it in Jerusalem, you're going to be a casualty when you get to Babylon. Casually. Casually. Oh, I want to be used of God. I want God to use me. I want God to do great things to me. If you don't like going to church when mom and daddy drag you every Sunday, what do you think you're going to do in that secular college when nobody's going to wake you up on Sunday morning and you got to get up all on your own? You better love God while it's convenient so you'll learn to love him when it's not. Amen. Amen. Oh, I thank God for mom and daddy that taught me to love God. I thank God for mom and daddy that taught Oh, you see Kenny Baldwin up here preaching. You think, oh, praise the Lord. Just great. Hey, let me tell you something. I didn't always love God. I didn't always want to do it. But I have mom and daddy say, you're going to do it anyway. Some of you left for ISC, assassin, mom and daddy. Talking back. Got a no parents allowed sign above your bedroom door. And can't spell rent. The, the door you got the sign above is borrowed. I, I wish I would have put a no parents allowed sign on my door. My mama would have bust the door down and slammed it across my head. I'm telling you the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I just wish some of you disrespectful kids could live in my house for a little while. You'll never have another cavity because you wouldn't have no teeth to have cavities in. <clears throat> see, see, we were drug babies, Dr. Much. We were drug babies. We were drugged to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We never have a choice about the matter. I, we didn't have a choice about the matter. You know why? Mom and daddy knew there was coming a day where her son had to stand in Babylon and mommy couldn't push her son out in the stroller and say, now don't you smoke that, now don't you drink that, now don't you say that, now don't you listen to that. She couldn't do that. But if while I was four and five and six and seven and eight and nine and ten and up to my teenage years, she said, you'll read your Bible, you'll pray, you'll go to church, you'll honor God, you'll go to a Christian school. You may not have 4,000 in your high school, but if you got 50 that read their Bibles, you're doing just fine. You're doing just fine. 
I never forget. I never forget uh, my mom's. She was a. Uh, she would. Uh, well, I'd go play basketball in the, in the afternoon, on Wednesday afternoon. And uh, she'd come out to the step house about uh, six o'clock. She'd yell across the street, "Kenny!" And uh, she'd turn around, and go back in the house. She didn't have any intention to come back out to the steps again. But, but Mom, it's game point. I mean, and I'm going to hit the game point. I mean, every, if I leave, the teams are uneven. It didn't matter. It was church time. And church took precedence over basketball. Yeah, yep, amen. You mean you never got to play Little League and you never got to play rec team? Sure, but I had to skip the Sunday games and the Wednesday games. <laughs> yeah. We didn't miss church. You know why? Anybody can play basketball, but not anybody can cut it in Babylon. Can, can I get a witness? I'm just asking you. I'm just asking you. How you making it in Judah? There's some of you kids God would use, but you don't make good enough grades. Do you realize if Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made C's and D's, they'd have never been able to show Nebuchadnezzar what God could do with the fiery furnace. Well, I just love God. I just read my Bible every day. and I just serve the Lord, and I sing the youth choir at my church. And I got a halo on my head. Yeah, underneath that halo are some horns. You won't do your homework. You won't study for your test. You come to class like somebody owes you something. I'm going to tell you something. God can't touch you because you're a dud. And God says until you step up to the plate and realize he's looking for the best of the best. And if you can't serve God where somebody's making you do it, you'll never get up and do it on your own. <laughs> I said to mom, one time, what, what the Joneses kids do it? She said, you ain't a Jones boy. You're a Baldwin. And we call the shots in this house. Boy, she called shots. Some of you have heard me talk about my mama. You know, she's a... She's in Oklahoma tonight. I don't know if she's watching. They, they're in a service. Uh, praise the Lord. Clap for my mom. Is there Oklahoma people up there? I, I just left from Oklahoma this morning, and I'm headed back to Oklahoma uh, tomorrow. I just want to let you know you'll have a very ugly state. But some of the most friendly people I've ever met. God bless you for it. I don't know if she's watching tonight, but she, uh, my mom is a very classy lady. She's always been classy. She, she, she's one of those ladies who wears a, a, a suit and high heels to go to the mall. And I mean that. Uh, but but, but when, <laughs> when she got mad, I mean, she let her hair down. And uh, I never forget. Dad spanked me one time. Daddy spanked me. Mama beat me. And uh, there was a... And dared me to call the police. 
She said, you know, I had to call them out and turn myself in. <laughs> it's a wonder they didn't arrest her. But anyway, the dad spanked me one time, and, 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 and he put the intercom on the way out my room, and I was crying to myself. People, nobody loves me. I can't do nothing. It's a boring life, and I, just, I wish I was somebody else's child, and I'm going to run away. But well, mom and dad would listen to all this in their room. They had the intercom on. Mama started walking up the steps, and we lived down. They were, we had three levels in our house, and they were on the middle floor, and I was upstairs. I heard mom's feet walking on the wood floor. It sounded like Goliath walking. And uh, she, she came up those steps, and, and, and the door flew open. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. You know? You know, I, I've, I've coined a, a phrase all around the, the country that you, you ain't never gotten beat till you get beat by a black woman. <laughs> it puts a whole new meaning to the word discipline. <laughs> she came up that door and I figured she's coming to, she's coming to take care of business, so I started snoring, you know. <laughs> She came, walked in the room, jerked the covers off, jerked the sheet off. Boy, get up, you ain't sleep. What? She said, we don't love you. Put food on your table, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, send you to Christian school, got a bedroom for you to live in. We take care of you every day. We take you to church. We teach you to do right, have devotion, and you got the nerve to say, we don't love Pull your pants down. She'd take that belt, that leather belt, daddy's belt. Like Dad, Dad, every, looked like every week daddy was buying a new belt. He wore the same one, but he kept buying belts. <laughs> they were for me. <laughs> she took that belt. She'd raise that uh, belt up in the air high as she could. It's almost like she wanted God to touch it. And I'd lay on that machine about come down and ah, jump off the bed. Every time I jumped, jumped the licks doubled. So five went to 20 and she went, uh, five went to 10, excuse me, some of you mathematicians just seem to be paying attention. Five went to 10 and she'd swing, ah, and I jumped again. 10 went to 20 and 20 to 40, 40 to 80, 80 to 160, 160 to 320. Truth of the matter is I died years ago. This is my reincarnated body. I look pretty good. You know, finally I realized I have got to stay down. She's going to kill me. She's going to kill me dead. <laughs> now, she, I realize I'm still in this bit. Now, now see, the thing about these black women when they beat you. They beat you, but they beat you in rhythm. And they're yelling and screaming the whole time they beat me. So she raised that belt up. And I thought, oh, Lord, have mercy upon me. And she went, I told you not to do it, but you did it. You a bad boy, boy, you a bad boy, 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 boy. 
Hot stop in the middle and try to fake everything. I can't breathe. Asthma. She knew I didn't have asthma. Didn't know what asthma was. It's all on the television one time. And the moment she stopped, uh, shut up, boy, shut up, she said. I thought, you're, you're killing me and you don't want me to say anything about it? Ah, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. I thought, I thought this is not working. I got a beating about every day, so the next day I thought, I'm going to try something different this time. <laughs> Crying is just getting me more licks. So she raised up, laid me down on the bed. I did something. My mama just come home from, the, come home from work and take, go, get, 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 go get a beating. I know you did something today worth getting a beating. And so I'd go, I'd, go in the, I'd go in the room and I thought I can't scream and she started hitting me. I told you not to do it, you a bad boy, boy. And I'm sitting there going, And she stopped right in the middle. I said, what? It don't hurt when I beat you? Cry, 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 cry. Uh, shut up! <laughs> we got beat for what the other kids did. We were in the grocery store one time and little boy reached for a candy bar. I said, Mommy, I want a candy bar. Mama said, no, put it back. He said, no. She said, Johnny, put it back. He said, no. Johnny, I'm going to count to 10 if you don't put it back. Just put it back, Johnny. She started counting. One, two, three, four, five. And Johnny said, Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We were in the aisle next to Johnny and his mama. Mama looked over at me. See? That's what's wrong with y'all devilish kids today. You don't never listen. You're always trying to do what I want you to do. I told you. And I thought, Mama, that's Johnny. That's not me. You know? to watch anything but news, sports, and game shows. That's it. And sports fellows did not include WWF. We couldn't watch it. I remember the first time we asked Dad, could we get a VCR? You'd have thought we cussed. <laughs> and then he finally got one. But he didn't buy any movies. <laughs> and then it was, do a dear, a female dear, pray a child. And of Green Gables. I thought, can we get some real movies around here? Little did I know years from there, I'd be a single adult male traveling around this country and I'd be in hotel rooms all by myself 
And when the devil would tempt me to turn on HBO or turn on some nudity, it would go back to that mom and daddy that taught me, hey, listen to me, you better be prepared in Jerusalem so you can make it in Babylon. And I'm so glad that I learned to do right from my mom and daddy that taught me. It's not about Babylon. It's all about God. Don't fight the preparation. Some of you ladies perhaps think, well, I've got to come here. They're going to check the length of my skirt to get on the platform. Yeah, we're not trying to create models. We're trying to create virtuous women. And it's not about showing off your body. It's about what's in your heart. I admire the standards. I hope you never lower them, ACE. I hope you never lower them. Because, listen to me, this is not American Idol. This is accelerated Christian education. It's not about being popular. It's about crowning him King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's high and lifted up. And he's holy, holy, holy. I wouldn't give you a plucked nickel for a girl that stands up on a platform singing about Jesus with half her clothes on. The song is more than words. There's a message in a song. And the message in a song ought to be demonstrated by a person that's been walking with Jesus. And when you've been with Jesus, you ought not be the only person that knows that. Preparation of these children. Thirdly, I've got to move. The purpose of their choice. Daniel purpose in his heart. Purposed in his heart. The word purpose means a conscious effort or decision. A disciplined choice. Serving God is a choice. You may stumble into a lot of things in your Christian life, but you'll never serve God on accident. That you'll do on purpose. I hear people say all the time, Kenny, if I had it like you, if I grew up in a pastor's home, I'd serve God too. Listen to me. I don't care who, what kind of home you've grown up in. You've got to make a decision to choose to serve God. And that doesn't happen by genetics or osmosis or by what school you go to. That happens when you make the choice in your life that I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, though no one join me, I still will follow. Why? He's worth following. Why? He's king of kings and he's Lord of Lords, and I'm a king's kid. A king's kid. What to God there be some kids this week had a purpose. I'm gonna serve God. I'm gonna surrender to his will. It's not my will, but thine be done. Daniel purpose in his heart. By the way, the heart's where God works. The heart's where God works. Solomon said to his son, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Bad heart, bad life. Wicked heart, wicked life. Every once in a while a parent in my youth group says to me, well, I know you're having problems with my son, but deep down inside, he has a good heart. Wrong, ma'am. Absolutely wrong. We're having problems with him because his heart's wicked. And if his heart were right, his life would be right. That's why Solomon said you put an alarm system on your car and a password on your computer and a lock on your locker. You better make sure you put a security system on your heart because somebody can take your car or your locker or your money or your jewelry. But if you guard your heart, you've protected your life. Daniel made a purpose 
in his heart. I'll tell you something, young people. Why don't you determine this week, I'm going to surrender my life to God. In my heart, in my heart, in my heart, where God works, my mind, my emotional, my, my emotions, my will, that's where God works. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart, and I'm going to serve God. It's not going to be what I write on a card or what I say in the altar. It's going to be the decision that's been made in my heart. And there's no negotiating that decision purpose in the heart fourthly notice the process of, process of consecration three years <laughs> while the rest of the kids ate meat and wine Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego ate pulse the word pulse in Hebrew is anything that is sown thrown in the ground so it could be wheat or barley or rye or peas, or beans. So Daniel, what you eating today? Beans. Well, I know that's for breakfast, but what? Uh, what's for lunch? Beans. <laughs> what's for what's for dinner? Beans. What's for dessert? Beans. Pies, <laughs> beans. <laughs> By the way, we all know what they say about beans. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. You think it was easy to eat beans every day when everybody else was eating steak and wine? You know the problem with a lot of teenagers that are Christians? They think the Christian life's too boring and everybody else is having the fun. Let me tell you something. If, you, if you're not careful, that Christian life can become so mundane and so repetitious and so redundant and you're going through the motions and it's church and it's Bible and it's Christian school and it's AC curriculum and it's on and on and on and on. Everybody else is having fun. Yeah, everybody else is having fun, but who is it that comes out ten times better? The Bean Boys. I bet they tease them every day. Look at them. There goes the bean boys. Look at them. Three years. Three years. Three years of beans. Good gracious alive. I'm not going to defile myself. Hey, consecration is a process. You can say anything you want to say tonight on a card, but the truth of the matter is, what are you going to do when you get home? We make these decisions and we come to these meetings and we say, hoorah, we're going to serve God. And one week later, we're worse than we were than when we came. You know what they learned? Every day they had to wake up and say, no, no, no. No to the steak and yes to the beans. That's right. No to the wine and yes to the water. What to God, there'll be some teenagers that recognize God's raised us up for such a time as this. 
and you'll go back home, you'll say no to sex and yes to purity. You'll say no to drugs and yes to righteousness. You'll say no to profanity and yes to godly talk. You'll say no to immodesty and yes to purity. You'll say no to dirty magazines and yes to the right kind of books. No to internet pornography and yes to Bible. No to the wrong friends and yes to church attendance. Why? It's the beans that turn out the boys right. It's a process. It's a process. For some of you, you think you're doing just fine on your steak and your wine. There's coming a day. There's coming a day where you're going to become a casualty. Do you notice that out of all, out of all the boys, out of all the kids, 10,000 or so that went from Judah, the only four that are mentioned by name are Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, you want to be one of those teenagers that's forgotten and never remembered? Just do what everybody else is doing. But you want to be one of those teenagers that when you're off the scene, they'll say, you know what, they didn't do like everybody else, but there's something different about that girl. There's something different about that boy. There's something different about that young preacher. There's something different about his attitude, different about the way she dresses, different about the way he talks. I can't put my finger on it, but he looks like a bean boy. They'll remember you. process of consecration lasts through the product of their commitment. Ten times better. By the way, not just ten times better than all the other kids, ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers. By the way, the most spectacular thing about this ISC is not the talent that's in here. Although that is remarkable. But guess what? We can go out in the world and find talent. I, I mean, we can go to a stadium. We can take all these seats up and make this a basketball stadium. We can find a whole lot of talent. We, we can go to Hollywood and find talent. We can turn the television on and find talent. We can look at magazines and we can go on the internet we can find talent. But I'll tell you what you can't find in the world, character, commitment, consecration, integrity, dedication, purity, modesty, righteousness. I'll tell you, you can't find that. And by the way, we can't compete with the world in entertainment. We can't compete with them. But the world can't compete with us when it comes to evangelization. You know why? We got something that they don't have a handle on. We know Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And what we've got can't be produced at Walmart. It can't be found on the internet. It can't be discovered by some scientist. See, what we've got is something that can only come from the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he gets some boys and girls that get on fire by the grace of God, say, I'll serve, I'll stand, I'll live, I'll go, I'll preach, I'll give, I'll do whatever for the cause of Christ. The world takes a look at them and they say, those are ten times better.
and all the rest. I'll ask you a question. Just what do you want to be? We're talking about yielding our lives to God totally. That's what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego goes. It's not what we want, it's what God wants. They could have taken the easy road, but you reckon they would have made it in the fiery furnace or in the lion's den if they'd taken the easy road? Your fiery furnace and your lion's den's coming. Unless you've got a relationship with God where, he's, where you're worth him coming through for you, you're going to be devoured. But oh, if we can get some young people to, tonight, every single one of you, turn out, I'm going to be ten times better. I'm going to be ten times better. I'm going to be ten times better. Ten times better. And I'm not going to do it on my own. I'm just going to honor God. And he'll exalt me in due time. TJ, stand up for a minute. TJ came, came with me. TJ's 14 years old right here. 14, big boy, looks like he's 25. He's 14, about 6'3". You can sit down. He, uh, in our area, had basketball teams all over the area that wanted to play for him. I took him to the, we went to the gym a couple Monday nights ago and some guys turned around to me and said, why don't you have that guy in some school where they can teach him, they can use that size. He, he can make millions playing basketball. Steak and wine. There's, there's only one problem with that. Pastor Turner, when he was eight years old, God called him to preach. And by the way, he's good at basketball. He's good. And he can do whatever he wanted to do. But you know where he is every Sunday morning? He's on the front row in church with his Bible. You know where he is on Sunday night? He's on the front row in church with his Bible. You know where he is every Wednesday night? He's on the front row in church with his Bible. You know where he is at Saturday morning at 8 o'clock? He's at men's prayer at 8 o'clock in the morning when some of you don't even know your name. He's on teen visitation. He's got his suit on at church. And he's on the altar getting his life right. And Sunday night, when I came and preached here, he said, I want to go with you. And guess where he was? He was in this building with me Sunday night. And guess what he was doing in the invitation? Leading one of you to the Lord. The beans work. He won't tell you he wasn't tempted couple times. Boy, that basketball sure looks good. We were riding down here tonight. I said, TJ, what, what are you going to do after you get, get out of high school? 
He didn't know I was, why I was asking. He said, Bible college somewhere. And then what do you want to do? Whatever the Lord wants. Pastor, missionary, evangelist, youth pastor, whatever the Lord wants. Hey, I'll tell you, that's a 14-year-old that's 10 times better. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. you. I was nine years old, God called me to preach. It was fourth grade. I started preaching my fourth grade class. I asked my teacher, could I preach? She said, sure. He said, what'd you preach on? I preached on divorce and uh, remarriage. <laughs> I, preached, I preached on everything I could. My sister had about collect cabbage patch dolls. I'd go in every night and preach to them and couldn't figure out why none of them ever went to the altar. God put preach in me. He put preach in me. I tried to shake it off, but it just somehow found a way to get back down in me. And every time I got around preaching, I wanted to preach. And every time I heard somebody preaching, I wanted to preach. And I read my Bible. I wanted to preach. So I preached in my school and I preached in my church and I preached in my neighborhood. And I ran up and down my neighborhood giving them gospel tracts. And I said, Daddy, when can I preach in church? And when can I go on visitation? And when can I come to men's prayer? When I was 16 years old, God, God worked on me hard about my generation. And he said, who's going to do something about young people, your generation? And I thought, Lord, well, there are plenty of guys out there. And he said, you. And I knelt my head down, 16-year-old boy, and I said, God, I'll use my life to reach my generation until I die. And I cannot tell you the countless doors that God has opened because of a decision to choose him. You know why I'm here today? I'm not here today because Kenny Baldwin's spectacular and charisma and I'm just a crowd favorite. You know why I'm here? Because as a nine-year-old boy, I said no to steak and yes to beans. And as a 16-year-old boy, I said no to wine and yes to water. When I married my wife in 2002, over four and a half years ago, she was a virgin and I was a virgin. Amen. She's a pastor's daughter. I'm a pastor's son. She worked teenagers. I work with teenagers. She sings. I sing. She plays piano. I play the piano. She loves God. I love God. That's why we love each other so much. Some of you worried about who in the world I'm going to marry. Just stick on the beans and God, God is good at matching up bean boys with bean girls. I guarantee you every time. Every time. Every time. Don't worry about finding a wife or finding a husband or finding a college or finding a career. You just find God and serve him. And let him work out all the other details. Amen. God's opened the doors to hundreds and thousands of teenagers the opportunity to minister to. And I thank God for it. Phillip's here tonight. He and his brother got saved through 
in our community nearly 10 years ago. And hundreds of others. Boys and girls with moms and dads who are in jail and sell their bodies, sell drugs and drunks. And they're sitting in Crossroads Baptist Church today called to preach, living for God. You know why? The king's kids always come out ten times.